This show is brought to you by Slide and Stage. Slide and Stage is a workshop by Oral Balkan on becoming a better presenter. It's an intensive one-day masterclass that covers performance, posture, movement, breath, voice, speech, and even your body language. It's going to cover presentation design and even tips on the business side of things. Like if you are a speaker, what are your rights and, and how do you negotiate with conference organizers? Now, if you're a conference organizer, you'll benefit too because there will be tips on how to work with speakers. Aral has been speaking for over a decade and has given more than 100 talks in his career. Last year, he was voted Voice of the Year at the Microsoft Ubelly Awards. His talk on user experience was chosen as one of the top 20 talks of 2012 by .NET Magazine, and he's organized two conferences of his own. So you want to go to this workshop. It's happening on June 14th in Brighton, England. Tickets are on sale for the reasonable price of £149, which comes out to about $230. US dollars. Visit slideandstage.com and register today. Thanks to Aral for supporting the East Wing. This is the East Wing, a weekly show that talks about design, user experience, problem solving, and the keys to creating products with value. My name is Tim Smith and I'm your host. Uh, we have a great show for you today. Um, just a couple of housekeeping things before we actually get into the show. If you're not listening to this live, you can find links and show notes at theeastwing.net slash episodes slash 53. And uh, another thing that I wanted to say is I wanted to give a shout out to Jake Bresnahan because he is a curator of this awesome thing called uh, Web Design Weekly. And as you, as some of you might know, I am without a job right now, uh, so I'm looking for a job. And he was kind enough to put something in his newsletter for me, and I, I really appreciate that. So you should definitely check it out, uh, not because of me, but because the, the links are actually really good, and it's a weekly thing. Um, so check that out. So anyway, today we have a show with Dan Benjamin. He doesn't really need an introduction, so we're just going to say hello. Hi, Dan. Oh, hey. And, and that's not true. There's Most people have no idea who I am. I think you're overestimating the internet. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm serious. Really, it's true. I mean, I think that most of the people or that they do know who I am, they don't, they don't want to talk to me. Mm. That's, that's completely understandable. <laughs> um, there, I, think, uh, I think most of the listeners that listen to this show would definitely know who you are. Um, but anyway, so if, if people don't know who you are, if that's even possible, um, who are you and what do you do? I am... Uh, I'm Dan Benjamin. I started a, a website called Hive Logic about uh, 10 or 12 years ago. And then uh, later on, I did a thing called Court with Dan Cedarholm. I wrote some Rails uh, sites for a while. And then I started a podcast network called 5x5, which is uh, what I do for a living and have for about four years now. And we do, we do podcasts and uh, we have a lot of fun with it. And I've got some great guests and co-hosts and uh, it's what I've always wanted to do, talk radio. So that's, that's what I'm doing. Future, the future of radio. Right. Yeah. The that's way the of the future. Yeah. Way of the future. Yeah. I'm, not um, gonna, I'm resisting this. My hand went to the soundboard. Did you see that, Hattie? My <laughs> hand went to the soundboard. No. You know what? If you want to use your soundboard, please use it. People, um, no, it's it. Hattie, what do you think? Don't want to be. Hattie's it. my producer. Be, She's in here. She won't take over this show. Don't worry. Be spare, use it sparingly. Sparing. <laughs> I, I don't understand what's the big thing against the soundboard. I mean, do you do you use it to make I, I fun of Hattie? Do you use it to make fun of Hattie a, a ton? Yes. Not as much. Not as much as you might. Oh, come on. The future. Not as much as you might. 
when you play it's on now, I woke up. It's here. It's here. It's in the room. When you when you start playing, uh, <laughs> call me maybe. I lose it every single time. Oh my god! Every single time. That's the best because yes. it, well, it's her song. Yeah. You know, and if if you if you came on the show and you were on, I would did a show with you every day for months at a time. Maybe you would have a theme song. Mm. That when you started talking about something exciting and personal, we play it for you. Mm. Yeah. But I, I, I try not to use the sound, you know, when I'm doing an interview, I want, you know. <laughs> but people hate it. People hate the sound. They're saying, it's too morning radio. Right. Well, well somebody is. But that's the, the whole, that's the whole point of the frequency, though. Yeah, that it's, that it's is my fun. morning show. Want, yeah, you don't want to be uptight. It's a show you can relax. Yeah. I mean, okay, so we're going to get to this later, but I, I will say this. It's no, so, Ultra Nerd, your voice is going a bit. <laughs> I, excuse you. I mean going a bit. <clears throat> the nerve of this guy. You know, I'm going to kick him out of the chat room. He's going to be banned for life now. Oh, you're banned looking at that chat month. room. Okay. You're- I have a chat room. We're streaming the show live. Oh, that's right. Your chat room is jerks, man. Bunch of jerks on there. That's why we call them the jackals. Right. Um, okay, so let me, let me ask you this. Uh, before you got into 5x5, five five, before you even started um, Hive Logic, Voice is going. You- I was sick for two weeks. Are you going to let me ask the question, Dan? Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, before you did Hive Logic, you you were a developer. You, I mean, you're you did the first CMS for a list apart. You you wrote a social network on on wines, I believe, that you sold to Gary Vaynerchuk. That's true. Um, what what got you into that? Because I know you had done IT before that, right? I did. I did some IT. Um, I I always w- was more software development than IT. The IT thing was just because that was like that was cool in the. Right. Like mid, early, mid, mid 90s, it was kind of neat. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, started, uh, I started out with computers when I was maybe about 10 or 11 years old. My mom was a teacher at a community college and needed to have something to do with me during the daytime. And, you know, I don't know if you know about teacher salaries, but you can't, they're not very good. They're not very good. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they were worse back then. And... It just so happened that the college where she taught, the community college where she taught, had like a camp. And she could put me in the camp. I don't know if it was free. It might have been free. But it just so happened, Tim, that for an hour a day or two hours a day, like they would, they had a computer lab that they would open up. Right. And they kind of, the, the students who were there would teach you about computers. And then you could either play games or write basic. Right. And uh, I, I, I usually chose write basic. So this was an Apple II time period. Wow. So I started writing basic when I was 10 or 11 years old. And I never, I never, I never stopped writing code. I never stopped enjoying what I was doing with computers. So I knew that I wanted to do that in some way. But software development, you know, it, it, I was never really sure if that was something that I, I could get paid for. I mean, I didn't know, I, you know. It didn't make sense at the time. But I also right. was a writer. I mean, you know, I've, I've always, I wrote even before, if you can believe it, it was, you know, a passion of mine as a, as a kid growing up. But, you know, the fact that my mom was an English teacher kind of played into that. Right. But I always thought, well, I'll be, I'll be a writer and I'll do computers. Somehow I'll do the both of those things. Uh, but what I always loved, and I didn't really realize that I didn't really put it together, was that the thing that I did that I knew you couldn't get paid to do ever was like talk radio. I mean, I was, I was the kid in class <laughs> listening to talk radio instead of paying attention to the teacher. I had a little, you know, a little Walkman or 
a little radio uh, in my pocket with it. We didn't have headphones back then. We, you know, you'd have an earphone. It would just be one and it'd go in your ear. And I had that and I would listen to that during class. And when I finally was in college, I was said, okay, well, I'll be a, a RTV radio TV major. I got talked out of that yeah. by people who were fairly successful in radio who had said it's, it's an awful life. It's an awful career. Uh, if, if you're incredibly lucky after, you know, a decade or two, you might yeah. get your own show. And, and, you know, I've told this story a million times. So they said, uh, they said, you know, don't do that. And I took their advice and they said, well, what can you do? I said, well, I can, I can write and I can do computers. Like, if you can do computers, like do that. So right. long story short, I wound up, uh, actually my degree is in tech writing. I'm a writer. Ooh. And, uh, yeah. And so, but I never did that for a living. I, I just immediately used my software development and computer knowledge, uh, that I'd amassed by having absolutely no social life. And uh, went into that and turned that into a job and, and immediately started doing software development and, and other things like that. And eventually worked my way into and then back out of IT. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was, a, I was a, a software developer and eventually I was a CTO even uh, of, of two different uh, tech companies. And it was, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was awful and a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, you've, you've completely gotten out of development. I mean, uh, I think if, if I'm not mistaken, the, the only development you do now is on five by five. Yeah. I mean, I, that, but I wouldn't say I'm completely out of it. I still, I still write code for, you know, an hour or two a day. Right. But so, it's I not mean, like you're working I'm, on I'm, client I'm projects. I'm doing it for other people. Right. right. I'm doing it to fix my own stupid bugs. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I saw you move to a uh, HTML5 player. Uh, a, a new one recently. But uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, um, I had, we had had our HTML5 player written for us before this Media Element JS uh, one existed. Yeah. And it was, it was pretty good, but it was a little janky from time to time. And I thought, well, in Chrome especially. And I said, well, let me switch to this one because this one at least will work in Chrome. But uh, the way that it's working with the asset pipelining thing in Rails, it's not including the Flash fallback version mm. of the player so okay. uh, people in firefox are having problems with it but between you and me tim mm. i'd rather the firefox people have a problem than the chrome people <laughs> i'm the chrome users right no I, I i can agree with that um so you've you've talked before about doing your own thing and freelancing uh doing contract work as a developer yeah um and something I thought was really interesting is I, I've heard you say this before that a lot of people are like, if, if the budget is not right, don't do the job. You know, you need to value so yourself more. Um, and to a certain degree, I think that that's true. But something that you said one time, which I thought was interesting, is you're like, it doesn't matter. Like that, that made me money that helped me pay my bills. Right. And was giving me work. Um, what, what do you think were the keys to having a successful freelance business? That's a tough one. I mean, working, I worked so much, so much, 15, easily 15 hours a day, seven days a week. So for me, the secret was just working constantly, working nonstop. That was my secret. Right. Uh, That's working not healthy. And work, no, it was awful. <laughs> it was really, really bad. But just working and working and working and working, 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 nonstop. And, you know, you spend half your time writing code or doing design or whatever it is you do. And you spend the other half, sometimes more, 
trying to get new business. Right. So my day would consist of doing email and the email was either working with existing clients or trying to get new clients and then uh, writing code. And then uh, the rest of the time was phone calls pretty much talking about current projects or getting new projects. Right. And you know how they always say it's like it's feast or famine. It was always feast or famine. I could never get things going in such a way that I knew what was going what my life would be like in two or three months. I might have money in the bank, I might not. But I still loved it. It was still a, a lot of fun because I was exposed to so many different projects and so many different technologies. And people would often say, "Man, I, I do. Do you ever feel like you're?" not able to learn or, or, or that, you know, you're, you're focused too much on one technology. And for me, that was, that's the one thing that I do kind of miss. I don't really miss it, but the fact that I'm not really doing active development, I'm just kind of maintaining the stuff that I've already built, which by the way, right. Tim, I'm trying to transition. If you know any Austin Rails developers, let me know. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't want to write, I do want to move out of doing code completely. I just need someone to pick it up. But back then I was challenged to learn new technologies constantly. Right. And, and that was any free time that I might have had, I was always spending saying, oh my God, what is the CSS2 thing or CSS3 <laughs> thing? Right. How do I learn that? You know, do I need to be learning JavaScript because it's really come a long way? Yeah, you know, how, what is this thing called Rails? Should I not do PHP and Java anymore? All of these things, were, I, was, I was forced to learn them because in order to get that contract or that new gig, I might need to know this technology, why? Because that's what their technology director wants it to be written in because that's the cool term and buzzword that, that he read about in that magazine. So, right. you know, but uh, there is no secret. The secret is incredibly hard work, working way, way, way more than you think you have to. And that's why sometimes when I see people who get a startup and they, or they're starting up their new company, they're starting up their new company and they get a couple paying clients and then, well, we're going you know, to take Friday off because yeah, we worked a lot this week. <clears throat> For me, that's an opportunity to be like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to try and get through some email. I, I don't understand this, Tim. I don't understand how if you have started your own business and you're within the first, I'll say, two to three years of your business, how you can even take Sunday off, let alone a, a work day, how you can work less than 15 hours a day and sleep at night with a clear conscience. <laughs> I'm, maybe I'm just doing something wrong. To, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Right. I probably am. Don't do what I do because clearly it's wrong. I've taken years off of my life with the sleep deprivation that I've put myself through. Right. Yeah, well, I would wake and, up at five in the morning and I wouldn't stop until 10 at night, 11 at night, six days, seven days a week for years. It's unhealthy. It's bad, but it, that's the only way. That's a, Well, what's your secret, Dan? First of all, I'm not as successful as you think. Second of all, my secret is just having no life and, <laughs> and, and ruining my family's life. That's what I do. Okay. Then you, you can have your own podcast network. Just do that for like four years. Hmm. Then you'll get so sick like I did that you'll be in bed for a week. Yeah. That's the worst. That, uh, do that. It's fun, man. Am I inspiring people? Is this, is this what you're hoping for? Is this a show, Tim? Yes, this is a show. Uh -huh. um, it, okay, so there are a couple of things that I, that I want to jump into. One of the things is you said that you want to completely transition away from developing on 5x5, which is basically the only thing that you're maintaining in terms of development at this point. 
Yeah, why five, why five, would you want to do that though? Transition or, it away? Yeah. Ah, people are way better coders than me. You know what I'm really good at? I think I'm, I'm good at two. Hattie, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm good at two things. A, uh, talking yes. and uh, B, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a really good closer. You bring Whoa, me in true. when you when that cell, you think that cell's messed up. Bring me in. Whoa. I'll, I'll Don Draper the hell out of that thing. <laughs> That's it. I have no other skills. <laughs> okay. I have no, I'm, I'm a competent writer. I'm a competent developer. But there are kids today, Tim, in their 20s who could code circles around me. And why, why not help them? Why not get a local Rails developer in here? Pay that person to write some great code. Now they've got, I've got a, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a better CMS than I had before. Right. You know, I've got way, way better code in there with tests. They're going to do unit tests. They're going to use Cucumber. I don't know what even, you know, the ins and outs of that are anymore. Right. I don't have half the tests my app should have. They're going to write the test. They're going to make this thing awesome. And I'm supporting the local community. I'm supporting a Rails developer. They have something nice to put on their resume and I've got a great system. It, it, right. Instead of that hour or two that I might spend in a day writing code or optimizing code or building something out, instead of that, which is just going to cause me frustration, I could spend two hours making a show better. I could spend two hours preparing for the East Wing. I could spend two hours doing any Which you of didn't, hundred, by the way. No. <laughs> any of a hundred things, because I thought this was a politics show. I could have spent, <laughs> a, you know, done a hundred other things that might have made, made, made us more money made something else easier. I could have done something to support my employees better. Danielle's right. sitting out there waiting for me to install Indisha on her uh, laptop. I could have done that. Instead, I'm writing code. So it doesn't make sense for me to write the code. Right. It's opportunity cost, you know, at the so, Merlin. So then would you, would you agree with the statement that really these other things that you did or that you got good at, like, like development or, or things like that, were really more stepping stones to what you really want to do, which is talk radio? I've always wanted to do this. This is my, this, and I've, I, and you know what, if you went back in time to when I was in, in high school, junior high school, college, and you said, what do you want to do? I would have said, depending on the day, either oh, I want to write or I want to do talk radio and, and talk radio probably, I would say seven out of 10 times, hmm. because this is what I always, always, always wanted to do. And I was told time and time and time again, you can't do it. You can't make a living doing this. If you do, it's an awful living. You've got to move all around. The radio stations constantly firing people and changing their, their formats. Right. It's, it's a tough life and it sucks. And, and you know what? I think radio. And that is the truth of radio. Yeah. yeah. You're a radio man. Yeah. I so am. You know. You know the ins and outs of it and it sucks. So it was only until that moment. You know what? You know what? And you know who we have to say thanks to this is that we have to say thanks to Apple for this. You remember the audio time period. You could not. not go out there and find podcasts. The right. people who, even the people who knew about them, the people who said, I have an iPod. I would really like to listen to really good talk on this thing. They couldn't find anything. Right. So audio said, well, we're going to basically be like a director. We're going to be like a place where people can add their shows and we'll help people find their shows and we'll have all this stuff. And they, they had a li neat little thing going. And then Apple said, Guess what? This version of iTunes, I should probably know which version it was, but I forget. Very early version. And this is back in like mid-2000s time period. Apple came out and said, well, we've got podcasts built into iTunes now and you can submit them to us and we'll, 
they don't distribute the files, of course, but they, they make a guide and they made it easy for you to get them. Wow, did that change things? Yeah. Now we had a guide. We had a place people could go. We had a, a way to get these shows that we were trying to make out to the whole world. And it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And fortunately, Odeo was smart enough to say, well, we're done. And then they went and made Twitter. <laughs> so that's fine. I think they're happy about that. But think about it. That I, Apple and iTunes made this stuff possible because radio, radio is going away. Well, then it took people like whether, you know, whether you're talking about listener supported stuff, you know, like the stuff Jesse Thorne is doing, uh, Adam Curry's doing or, uh, or commercial which, uh, you know, Twit and, and 5x5 are doing with, you know, advertisers. Those people uh, prior to 5x5 were paving the way for what, what we have been able to do, which is come in and say, but they're still, go back, flashback four years ago, Tim, four years ago, okay? I, you had, it was like pulling teeth. You had to convince not just advertisers. You had to convince the listeners that podcasts were worth uh, spending time on right. or spending money on. Right. Because podcasting was, you know, was two people with crappy headsets talking about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and that, that's, that was a typical podcast is, you know, a crappy Logitech headset and uh, a really bad Skype connection. And now, well, this is where it's at. This is, you know, and you know, here's the thing I hear time and time again from our sponsors. We have on five by five our shows. I'm not bragging because I, I'm proud of the shows that we do and the and the hosts that I have uh, working with me. Our shows are typically way, way, way better. Our sponsors tell us this all the time. Way better than any kind of ad campaign that they're going to run on the web. The web advertising is always going to be around, but the the return on their investment way better, way better with our podcast and. People often go back and say, wow, I really like that episode. I'm going to go download every single episode of that show and I'm going to get caught up. I'm going to start at the beginning and work my way up. This, people do this all the time and our stats show it. We have, you know, we've got mil, more than a million downloads uh, uh, every month and half those shows, well, not half, that, but many of those shows are old episodes, episodes that, right. you know, that were recorded six months ago, two years ago. And guess what? Those sponsor reads are still in them. Man. So you're going to hear that. That company still gets the value out of that. Absolutely. They get it forever. We should just keep, Hattie, we should start charging them and continue charging. (laughs) Charge royalties or something. Every play of the show, we get to charge them for that. Yeah. (laughs) Take a letter. Okay. So let's let's talk about how you feel. And I mean, we've kind of gone gone into that. about the future of of radio and podcasting because a lot of people have said that this year is like the year of the podcast. Everyone Wait, came who out. Said who said that? I've seen it on Twitter a whole bunch. Every oh. everybody and their grandmother has a podcast these days. Wow. All right, continue. I think it's a and I think it's a growing medium and and personally personally I think it's great. I mean, I got into I started listening to podcasts in uh, 2009, I believe. And I, I actually, I came across your shows in 2009. Um, and then I wanted to do my own show. So I, I did my own show. You did it. And then there are people that, you know, have come to me and they're like, Hey, I want to start my own show. And I say, Hey, do it. If you want to do it, do it. It's not as easy as, as it looks, but do it. 
do you think that the that the podcast medium? I mean, I hate using the word podcast, but what's the better word? I have no idea. What's I still haven't word? come Leo, across Leo's a been good trying to, to do netcast. No, no, I don't like that. I don't like it either. Nothing against Leo. I don't like netcasts. Uh, podcast is the worst. I call it I call it internet radio, but that almost sounds like aluminum siding somehow. Like it, <laughs> it sounds cheap, you know. So I, I don't know. I've been calling it an online broadcast. I like that. I'll go with that. That's what I call it. I'll go along with that. But um, Radi- the, real radio, terrestrial radio, XM radio—that's dead. Ex- uh, so that's what I was going to ask you. Do you feel that this this rise of the online broadcast has is continues continues to grow and will continue to grow? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think it's taken over. the The biggest obstacle right now is even even for somebody who's competent using a smartphone, you have to first have a smartphone. Right. Or you have to have an iPod and, or a player of some kind and something like iTunes. You have to have that, first of all. Second, you have to know that podcasts exist. Third, mm-hmm. you have to go and get them. And maybe getting them is, uh, involves, uh, you know, th- downloading something like Instacast or Downcast or... Apple's podcast app or iTunes or something, then you have to go and pick them out. You have to subscribe to them. You have to download them and make sure they're downloaded. Uh, all of those things are obstacles that are going to make some, somebody's going to say, ah, that's too much work, Tim. I don't want to do all that. Right. I just want to hit one button in the console of my car and listen to something. Well, for those people, how do we get them? You know, so that's part of what the live apps that we have, we have two of them. One you pay for as push notifications. The other one's just free and you just listen. That lets you listen live. But you still got to have a smartphone to do that. Right. You still have to say, I'm going to, and then you, you sync it with the Bluetooth in your car. You put your headphones on or whatever. You plug it into the auxiliary port. These are all extra steps that lie in between the l- potential listener right. and the stuff that we're making. So that being, I think, the only obstacle that is uh, even allows terrestrial and satellite radio to exist. And it's not because the content on satellite and terrestrial radio isn't good. Generally, it's not good. But sometimes there's some really good stuff out there. But the only thing that is kept online broadcast, whatever you want to call them, from completely taking over immediately is, are those technical obstacles that require additional work. So what is that bridge? What, what is the bridge that is going to close that gap? Bluetooth connectivity in cars goes a long, long, long way. The fact that I can, I can get into my car and my iPhone, which is in my pocket, will automatically connect to the car and start playing wherever I left off the last time with whatever app I was using right. and just start playing through the speakers. That's huge. That's huge. Uh, but most cars don't have that. Right. Uh, you know, the newer ones do, the newer ones do. But the fact, I think that, that you have these devices with you that can have podcasts automatically downloading when they come out or sending you a push notification when a show starts and that it's very easy with most cars to plug it in, in one way or another, even if it's just an auxiliary report, that kind of thing, it's getting more and more and more common. I know yeah. less and less and less people who don't have a smartphone 
even people that, uh, you know, years ago would never have had one that might not have even had a computer. Now they do have an iPhone. Maybe it's an iPhone 4, 4S, but they have one. You know, right. um, it, maybe it was whatever the, you know, the free iPhone was or the free, uh, you know, Samsung phone was. But they have a phone that's a smartphone that they can use to download shows. Right. And, and by the way, I, I just want to say how amazing the iOS app for, of, of 5x5 is. It's, it's great. I love well, the push notifications. We're, we're redoing the whole app, but it, the new one will, will have all of that as well. Yeah, it's, it's great. I love that. Um, well, thank you. That's very sweet of you to say. Yeah, but one thing, one thing that, um, going to your point, which I thought was pretty cool, is the other day I was, I was in bed and I was listening to um, the show that you did with Marco, uh, the, the latest episode of Quit. Oh yes, and uh, and I I didn't know this was possible, but I turned it off on my iPad and I put on the podcast app in on my iPhone, mm-hmm. and they sync. Yeah, which was that's crazy. A new, that's a new feature. Yeah, it was so nice. Um, so I, I I mean I think that's that's again the way of the future. Um, one thing that I did want to want to talk about with you, yeah, <laughs> is uh, revenue and business models around podcasting. There are people that do the membership supported uh, route, like, like you know, uh, a friend of mine, Adam Stachowiak, he has the change log and it's fully member supported. Um, others go the other way, which is sponsors, which is more how 5x5 five five does it. I know that you have membership levels as well, um, but it's not purely membership supported. Right. Um, do you think that there's a better way of doing it, first of all? Better than selling advertising or you're getting mem- or, or you saying of those two choices of those two choices, getting. or if you have a third option hmm. well, I don't know which one would be better. I'll tell you if i there there's an aspect to the sponsorship and managing the sponsorships that's that's an ongoing challenge because it's tiring. you have to you have <laughs> to sell the shows, yeah you have to. You have to get on the phone or be in person or do tons and tons of email and you have to sell the shows. Right. And that's, that's pretty much, that's, I would say 70, 80% of what Hattie does now uh, is, is manage these accounts. And once you, once you get these people who are interested and who are sponsoring your shows, you have to keep them interested. You have to make sure that the content that you're doing is amazing because they can, they can decide to not sponsor anymore. Um, just like radio, just like TV, they are, they're how we're able to do all the things that we do in, or the majority of the way. And then, yes, we do have sponsors, I mean, um, uh, memberships in addition to the sponsorships where people can and do donate. And that, that also helps. That's, that makes a big difference, but it's not like it's a 50, 50 thing. And then you, you look at, um, you know, you, you look at a place uh, that's that's completely listener sponsored, and what's I'll tell you, we do not ever say, oh man, we can't say something bad because they might be a sponsor or they were a sponsor. We don't have those rules. If I, if I ever talk about a company that is or has been a sponsor, I'll say these guys sponsored a show, you know, a few months ago or whatever. But what's what I've heard from the people who do the listener funded shows exclusively. They say, well, we can say whatever we want. We don't ever have to worry. 
I, I don't worry about that. I'm not worried about offending a sponsor. I'm not worried because, and, and part of that is we're very, 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 very particular about the sponsors that we pick. And we're incredibly lucky that we have the sponsors that we do because they're really across the board. They're really great. And I think not a day goes by that we don't get an email from somebody who says, I learned about sponsor X from you guys and they're awesome. I, I have gotten over the years a few emails. I'm talking about I can count on one hand of people who have written and said, I tried signing up with company Y and man, that was a terrible experience. What I do then is I usually forward that email to the company and put them in touch and, and hopefully something gets worked out there. But most of the time, overwhelming amount of the time, people are really happy about, and, and we're, we're like putting a company in front of potential customers and they're all benefiting from it. Everyone benefits from it. So I feel good about that. You know, I feel good about the sponsors that we have, but I would also love it if we could do more with getting listener funded stuff than we do. I would love to be able to say that it was a 50-50 thing. Right. 50% is listener sponsor, you know, listener membership sponsored and 50% is advertising. Uh, I don't feel that we have a lot of advertising. I try to do one to two minutes uh, of a sponsorship for every uh, 20 minutes of content. So in a show that's 60 minutes you know, we'll have two or three sponsors. If a show that's 90 minutes, we'll have three. And, and I think that that's pretty reasonable. And I think that's unheard of in terrestrial radio or television. Uh, you just, you're never going to get that. It's, it's a way, way, way better ratio. And I think that the sponsors are really good. But I would love to have more listener stuff, but we just couldn't, I, I don't think it would be possible to do what we do at the scale that, that we're doing it or trying to do it right. um, with, with, with just listener sponsored uh, stuff. I mean, you know, hey guys, prove me wrong. Five by five. TV slash membership, <laughs> which is which is surprising, right? Because I mean, you do the membership. You you've done the mugs before. You've done T-shirts before. Um, you don't make any money from T-shirts. Nobody was making money from T-shirts. <laughs> Ron John. Ron John's making money from T-shirts. That's about it. Mm. You don't make you don't make money from T-shirts. You got to sell thousands and thousands and thousands to make any money. Yeah, that's probably true. Mm. Thousands. I mean, the, the turnaround, you know, it, it, if you have somebody doing your fulfillment, that helps. But, you know, nobody's, nobody's like doing T-shirts for a business. That's not a good business if you are. <laughs> Plus, nobody wants to see, this is the thing. Nobody wants to wear T-shirts anymore. They're, those are going out. Oh, and, come on. You know what? No. And you know what? Thank God they're going out too. What a sloppy, crappy look for men to walk around wearing, oh, I'm going to work with just a t-shirt. It's, slo it's sloppy. Oh, Listen, it's okay. sloppy. And, oh, look, I'm wearing a faded t-shirt with a sports team <laughs> on it for logo from 20 years ago. Look, this one has something about caffeine. This one has something about beer on it. And I'm a developer, so mine has a line of code. It's boring. It's done, man. Guys, shape up, okay? Shave, take a shower. Button your shirt up, put a collar on, grow up. T-shirts. My kid's five. He wears a T-shirt half the time. I'm going to make any money from a T-shirt, Tim. I'm not kidding. It's not a, don't go into the T-shirt business. You're, you're a fan of the undershirt. That, I've heard that. It depends. You're a fan of the undershirt with the button down. It depends. Hmm. 
Is this a question? I can talk about it. Well, I, I already know. This was a politics I, show. I, I know. I know that the you that you do the, the button down well, with the, the undershirt. Way, that's the West Wing. No yes. wonder I thought, is that is this a... Okay, I was uh, the wrong show. Completely different, yep. Because I had been boning up on my politics just for this. Oh. Well, I no, like I don't want to talk about that. that. How many presidents have we had? I know like five of them. Mm. Remember, I was ready to go. Mm. Hard-hitting questions. Here's the thing. You did your, your research. I do think a T-shirt, an undershirt, as we say, is important under several different circumstances. So, okay. But I, I, I feel like you can go back and forth on that. Uh, my opinions are changing. Oh, okay. Let's but hear them. T-shirt, just wear, just rolling up in a T-shirt. I'm going to work. I'm wearing a T-shirt and flip-flops. No, you're not going to work. You're going to the pool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, okay. I, I won't even bring up the fedoras. Um, uh, okay, so let's, let's. It's too bad. <laughs> I've, I've heard your rules uh, about, about the hats. Um, it's a shame I can't pull off any hats. See, this is whatsoever. what guys walk around and they think about. They think that's true. Of course you can. If you were if you were alive right now and it's 1960 before uh, JFK came in and, and stopped wearing a hat and ruined everything. <laughs> okay. He's yeah. a great president, but that's something I I just can't. I mean he he's he's the reason. But anyway, this, that's a whole different thing. If you were walking around, how old are you, Tim? I am 21. 21. 21. You're a 21 year old. Yes. First of all, 1960, you might already be married. Right. But in right. 1960, you're not going to walk around the street without a hat on and be like, oh, I sure wish I could pull off a hat. Of course you're going to wear a hat. It's just because you don't see people around you wearing them that you think you can't pull one off. But I'm looking so at your true. picture, right? I've been staring at your picture this whole time, Tim. Whoa. I could put. I could put you in, I could think of five, six different hats right off the top of my head <laughs> that you would look astonishing in. Oh, okay. Serious. All right. Seriously. You, well, you wouldn't have walked out of the house without a hat on in 1960. That is true. That is true. Um, yeah, next time I come to Austin, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the hats. Um, so we have a listener question. Which I, I really want to ask. Sure, um, go ahead. There is um, this guy is from uh, Mexico City. His name is Chris, and he says Five by Five is relatively successful now. I don't know. You could take offense to that. Um, where do you what, see things? Word relatively, <laughs> right? Where do you see things being in five years? Will Five by Five still exist? How does the company keep moving? Well, um, you know, one of the big changes that you've probably seen over with Five by Five over the years is when it started out, it was, uh, it was a series of shows that were for the most part me and someone. Right. Um, You're not doing that anymore. Except, well, with the exception of an interview show where it, it should be you and someone, uh, you know, that's not necessarily the format of the shows that we're doing. But uh, the things that I've learned from doing, I started podcasting a uh, HiveLogic uh, podcast interview show back I think it was 2007. Before that, I would do like a weekly shoutcast radio show. You know, things like that. I've always wanted to uh, do this in, in as, as any way that I could. And, you know, having the, having the opportunity to do it now as a business, I've learned so much. And what I really like doing isn't just 
doing the shows myself. It's helping other people do the shows. And five by five, my goal for it from day one has always been, I want to make a platform that allows people who have good ideas for a show mm-hmm. and who have, uh, who have a talent for doing a show to do a show without any of the headache of how do I produce it? How do I distribute it? How do I edit it? How do I get paid for it? And just show up and be awesome for an hour and then leave. Johnny Carson wasn't That's a dream. You know, sweeping up. Johnny Carson was not sweeping up the place. Johnny Carson right. was not cold calling sponsors. <laughs> you know, Johnny Carson was not sitting down in the editing room. All right, guys, let's all gather around and I'll, I'll run the machine and we'll edit this. No. Because Johnny Carson was a talented person and his talent was in doing the show. Right. If you have to do all of that other work, that's, that's, tr- take it from me. That's a complete way. If you're talented and you've got something good to say, you are wasting your time by editing a show. If you have something interesting to say, you're wasting your time by writing code or doing design or doing anything <laughs> in support of the show except doing the show. Doing the show is what you should be doing. Right. Now, people who are hobbyists uh, do this as a hobby. Well, I'm, you know, I am a uh, designer by trade and I just want to talk about design and that's why I do a show. Mm -hmm. Okay. But wouldn't it be nicer if you could just show up for an hour a week, very prepared for your show, talk into a microphone and walk away? Yes. And you don't have to do anything else and you get a check. And if your show's really awesome, you get a bigger check. And if your show's amazing, <laughs> you get an even bigger check. Right. And if your show sucks, you still get a check. Oh. I mean, that's not bad. That's, and then it gets canceled. But oh. that is the whole philosophy of 5x5 five five, is that I want to make a platform for people who can show up and be awesome for an hour and not have to do anything else. Right. That's the goal for it. So from my standpoint, yeah, absolutely, it's, it's going to continue. And I want, I want to be involved in a very, very different way than I have been. And I'm, more and more, I'm being able to be involved in this way by hiring people like Hattie, by having people like Danielle, by getting interns, by getting an office, by doing all this stuff, uh, it, by having amazing, amazing hosts doing shows where I'm only involved in a... In, in a I don't know, like executive producing role or whatever you might call it. Right. Where I'm, I'm helping them be awesome. That's what I want my job to be. I still want to do a show, but I want my job to be mainly in support of these people and in support of getting really great, amazing sponsors and putting them together with great hosts and a great audience. That's the platform that, that I've hopefully built and that I want to continue to build. And I want to continue to serve the audience that I feel is, uh, you know, is, is the best audience in the world. And that is the audience of, of geeks. You know, people call it, and, and uh, uh, five by five, they call it NPR for geeks. That's exactly what I've always wanted it to be. That's exactly what I do want it to be. I want to know that people who are interested in D&D and comics and Mac and Android and mobile and, you know, investments right. and entrepreneurs and careers have a place to go that they can listen to stuff that caters to them, that knows the world that they live in, and that I have hosts who are experts in in web design and in code and in all of these different areas 
who can come in and talk intelligently about something with analysis and insight and a sense of humor and a personality. And, uh, you know, and, and so, yeah, we're expanding and I'm trying to add and gaming and I'm trying to add more of those shows as many as, as I can to serve each of those audiences. I don't just want a million shows. You know, I want 30 or 40 really, really, and that sounds like a lot. And it is, uh, I want 30 or 40 shows that are just, uh, you know, a week. I'm talking about co hours of content. I want uh, to fill the day each day with amazing content that's going to have something for everyone to listen to. And there's people right. who are saying, no, I already have too many shows to listen to. There's too much to listen to. I don't have enough time. Well, if we were doing the exact shows that you really wanted to listen to, you would have exactly the right number of shows to listen to and it wouldn't be a problem. Right. So that's, that's the other challenge is, you know, having shows that are different enough, uh, but, but overlapping enough so that people who only want to listen to a few or can only afford to listen to one a day, two a day, feel like they're listening to the shows that they really, really love. That's the other thing. Well, I, I want to say that I think you, you've done a great job at that. Um, I mean, most of the podcasts I listen to are on five by five. Um, That's and right. it's, and that it's because, be no, it's because, you know, the quality of shows that you produce are just, are amazing. Um, so one, one last thing before we kind of wrap up here that I wanted to sure. ask you about was quit. Um, this is a, this is a new show that you did. It, it almost feels like if it's been brewing forever hmm. on back to work, it just happens to be that you finally did it. Um, yeah. first of all, let's, I mean, you go on rants on this show, which I love. Um, I, I think that show is so good when you don't have a guest. I'll be honest about that. You do oh, it. So you like it when I don't have Yes. It. It's just you, you either talk or you, or you answer emails or you do calls. I love that. When it, I don't, I don't feel it's the same show when you have a guest on. Although, although I will say that the one with Marco was great. That was, that was great. Anyway. Thanks. People do like that one. Um, so what's, what was the goal behind quit and, and how long do you see yourself doing that show? Cause there's, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with that question. How long do you see yourself doing, doing that show? And, and what was the purpose of doing that show from the beginning? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I talked to Merlin, uh, Merlin Mann and I do a show called Back to Work. And yeah, I mean, it's really, I mean, let's be honest, it's Merlin's show. He knows it. But it's very much a show where we talk about, I mean, I don't want to say it's productivity because that, that's not totally true. It's, it's a show that, that is about life and it's about meeting challenges. In your life. Yeah. That's what that show is to me. I get so comics recommendations had, from that show too. The challenge is how do you know what to read? <laughs> right. So, you know, it's, it's very much a show I think that that's, that's focus is in, in that space. And, you know, I, I feel like Merlin is very focused on trying to, to help people. And I found that in, in my life, I've made so many terrible, terrible mistakes in every aspect of my life that, you know, I kind of, I, I kind of developed this philosophy that 
about, about, about the, based on the mistakes that I made of the, how do I not make these again? Right. And a big part of it was, man, I always wish there had been somebody I could have listened to or talked to uh, who, who would have just kicked me in the ass and set me straight. You know, a lot of, we're, we come, I don't know about you, Tim, 21, but my generation is a generation of lots and lots and lots of divorce, you know, marriages that ended in a divorce and kids that are raised by one parent or two parents separately. And that was, I'm from a generation where that's a new thing. That's the first time in history that, that so many people come from like divorced families. And I grew up without a dad in my life every single day to kick me in the ass once in a while and set me straight. Now there's a downside to that too. And, and, and the downside is you're getting told what to do instead of figuring out for yourself. But man, I would have loved to have had somebody that I felt like had been through it maybe and could, could help me out. Even if that person's the same age as me, even if that person's younger than me, if they've been through it, they have a lot to, to help, you know, share that with. And in, in, a, in a lot of ways, I thought, man, I've had every kind of crummy job in the world. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been the most depressed person in the world about what my life had become. And, you know, disillusioned, cynical, jaded. And I thought, this can't be just me, right? Yeah. You know, this, I'm not the only person who's been through this stuff. Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to, like, to go and talk to people about this? And that was really what inspired me to, to, to want to do the show is that I knew that, man, there are a lot of people who have these same problems and maybe I can help them out by just sharing the mistakes that I've made and the story, uh, you know, that I have to tell. Yeah. And bringing great people on there, you know, to talk about their own mistakes and to talk about their successes and to talk about all of the things that, that they've done. And most of all, listen, I, I want to do traditional talk radio style show. If I could, if I could do, you know, I love the shows that I'm doing. I love the hosts that I do the shows with right now. I absolutely love it. And I wouldn't change that. But if you, if, if I could hit a button right now and what my day would be like, I would do a traditional talk radio style show every day where I'd get to go on some rants. I'd get to have a guest and I get to do some calls. <laughs> Pretty much the format yeah. of quit. Quit has a specific focus. It's mainly, it's about careers. It's about reinventing yourself. It's about, um, you know, it's about those specific kind of challenges in the way, very much the way that back to work is about, Ah, Merlin would kill me if I said increasing your productivity, but making, you know, making, I think it making, would, it would be making it work, making it work. Yeah. So as much as that show is about making it work, you know, quit is about figuring out if, 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 if what you're doing is the right thing or not, right. Making, making a decision. That's kind of what I feel a quit is about. And I love it. And the problem is it's, you know, you've, it, some weeks I'll do the show and man, I'll get two hours of the most amazing calls in the world of people who have really, really huge challenges ahead of them, people who are trying to make really tough decisions. And then, you know, and, and this is just the, the nature of the beast. Then you'll get a call and you'll be like some guy calling in who just, they just want to chat, you know, <laughs> and that's all right too. Yeah. I love it because I love talking to people. I love that I have absolutely no idea what that next call is going to be. For right. me, that's the most fun. That's the biggest challenge. 
that's the show that I really want to do. So the, to answer your question, how long will I do it? I mean, if I, if I could all of a sudden just have a show that I get to do for a couple hours a day, five days a week, that's like that, I would probably not have to do quit with that limited scope. But I do like that scope and I have no intention of, of not doing it anymore because there's so much there to talk about. Right. I, I never get bored of that stuff. And it has such amazing theme music. I mean, how can you, how can you that's abandon that song, show? Yeah. It's a good so song. good. Where do you get your theme music? Is yeah, that something I'm, you want to publicize? No. Come on. If you really want to find out, you can find out. It's, you know, people can figure it out. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you the ending of the, of the book, you know, <laughs> work, work through it. Right. It's out there. All this stuff is, out. I mean, some of the stuff is, is custom, but, but you know, you'll find it. You really look. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, Hattie doesn't even know everything. Oh, she's been here almost a year and she's pretty, she pretty much runs the company, but I, I, you gotta have secrets. Yeah. Trade secrets. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Um, well, Dan, I, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I'm glad to be here. Listen, I'll be on your show every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're, you can, good, you're a good interviewer. You know, right when to get out of the way. You got a nice voice. Yeah, 21 years old, Hattie. This guy's 21. You're so nice, Dan. Um, what do you think? Would you have guessed 21? What would you have guessed for him? I, don't, I can never tell people's voices. But would you? I, and I, I would I'm think always, in, but I'm always the youngest one, so I always think everyone's older than I me anyway. Guessed, I would have guessed, when, I, when he was saying how old he was, I was thinking 28, maybe 32. I was thinking like 26. Yeah. Mm. Y'all are nice guys. Boy, the future. <laughs> you can find Dan on Twitter as Dan Benjamin, uh, Dan on Alpha, or 5x5.tv. Uh, listen to more episodes of The East Wing on theeastwing.net if you haven't already. We always appreciate your rating and review on iTunes. Uh, it really helps the show reach more people. Uh, and that's our show. Matt Steele is stopping by next week. Till next time, same place, same time. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.